This is Chris Sullivan from Wolftooth, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everybody, I want to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, as usual. And today I have the honor of speaking with Chris Sullivan. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join the IUF series, man. This is an exciting time of the year, exciting week, really, for you, Chris, with the, yeah. for you and the rest of the guys over at Wolf 2 with, with the release of your latest album, Blood and Iron, which drops this Friday, December 3rd, via Napalm Records. And I want to begin by, you know, commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with those two singles that dropped. I think of a new single that dropped today, too. You had Broken yeah. Sword, The Voyage, and Ahab, I believe, dropped today. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to the other publications like Metal Hammer, uh, Invisible Oranges, and Blabbermouth, to name a few, who have praised yeah. your work. There's just a lot to discover about this record and who you are all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, Chris, we talked about it before the interview started. Now that we're you know, collectively seeing the light at the end of this long tunnel we've been in for the last two years. Uh, two things. How are you? <laughs> and how has 2021 been uh, in Indiana? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're really excited about the for the album to drop on Friday. Uh, we have got some some pretty good response so far from the first two singles that we released. And the single that we released today is doing well. So we're pretty good. Um, right now, I'm sure the, the weather in Indiana is not near as good as it is in Dallas. It's it, um, dude, it is, it is sunny and like 75 here. It is perfect weather. I can't even begin. I to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like this. It was like, it was probably like in the, in the forties, just two days ago. And I mean, you get, this is the state where you get all four seasons in one day. Oh, I'm sure yeah, you hear that a it. lot. It was, it was like 55 here yesterday. I had my car out was washing it and today it's like 30 and rainy and nasty overcast and it's just miserable bro all the more reason why you guys need to have dallas on the tour date bill when that when that comes out um yeah for sure i I, I don't know if you remember this uh uh i'm sure you've seen it like the news coverage of this winter storm we had back in february earlier this year did you do you remember about that that texas yeah Yeah. man we we are not cut out for that shit man let me tell you we were with at my house we were out uh, a power for four days and no water for two days. And it was luckily we had like, you know, we had, you know, water bottles with us, but man, yeah. everything else was just, it was a disaster. And uh, did, I mean, it, I mean, and now they're saying there could be another one coming up this February. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying this weather, you know, as much as I can before it turns, I feel like we could talk about the weather for as long as we want, but if you wanted to add That's something the else only to good it. thing about Indiana is that <laughs> we are pretty prepared for, heavy snow and yeah i mean when we get when we get a snow even if it's six or eight inches i mean we're back on the road (laughs) the same day so and i know i know there's some southern states you get six inches and you guys are down for a month (laughs) man we dude listen we get schools that call out they they cancel school if it's too windy outside i'm not even kidding (laughs) that happened one day i'm sure people up in the north are like laughing at us but then we get our heat stroke right that like when yeah. in the dog days of the summer it gets it gets pretty crazy um but like i said we could talk about the weather as much as we want we'll save that for next time because but yeah. hey we're both doing well 
the whether you're having whether i'm having i'm actually okay with switching i don't mind like this is actually almost too hot for me actually because <laughs> there's like no, humidity 70, also 75 is good for me i, I can handle yeah. that all day this is probably one of the best weather days we've had in recent memory honestly but uh you know chris uh i want to do this because i'm going to wind the clock back here okay it's a couple years maybe 2017 maybe even before that because for fans and listeners who may not know, you know, with Wolf Tooth, you guys are from Richmond, Indiana. You know, if you could just briefly talk about that moment in your life that led to the inception of Wolf Tooth with you, Johnny, Jeff, and Terry, and to what it is today, because I feel like you've been on quite the journey. Does how did you four come together in the end and know that this is what you guys wanted to do with your life? Well, me, Johnny, and Terry had played in bands before together over the years and me and jeff and terry had played in another band without johnny darkness before so we've all we've played we've all played in bands together for 25 years probably wow um so in 2017 actually i had taken a break from playing music for about four years and um we had tried wolf tooth before in 2013 and it just it 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 just so happened that we had another drummer at the time and he was in a cover band and they started playing a lot of shows and he was making some money so he figured that would be better for him to do and that that was fine and um, johnny was in another band at the time that he had previously been in for i think 13 years and he was he tried out for us and played with us a few times and just decided that his his older band, his other band that he was in, he wanted to stick with them till the end, you know, until hmm. they couldn't go any further. So, so he did, and me and Terry just kind of just put it on the shelf for a while. So, in 2017, I've I've got this practice room here that's a nice <laughs> nicest practice room I've ever had. I mean, as far as being able to, I mean, usually I'd have to rent someplace or or borrow a place or something, but I saw all my equipment here and I'm like, man, I, I really need to start writing again. So, so I did. And, and we picked up a couple old songs that we had already previously written and me and Terry got together and started writing again and talked to Johnny. Johnny at the time was in another band from Indianapolis and they weren't playing out a lot, maybe once every two months. Hmm. So he came and tried out for us and, and or just jammed with us and he decided that he wanted to play with us full time and then jeff we we called him because he was he was in the original inception of of wolf tooth too with the other drummer um and when we when the when johnny left the first time we just kind of put it on the shelf so that's kind of that's kind of where we started in 2017 just all four of us getting back together and starting starting to write some stuff mainly just just for fun and to try to maybe play out once every month or so nothing not not anything to set the world on fire uh i don't know about that you guys are probably gonna begin to set the world on fire here because it's a bits of this is a big record and it's a big deal for you guys on getting this out there you could i mean you're talking about was it 2013 almost a decade in the making for wolf tooth you know and and here you are um and you know 2017 we talked about technically that's when it started but you were also in another band you know whether it's with wolf tooth or darkness i know there's another band that 
that you played in, it does feel like, as you're telling me, you feel like it feels like you've been at this for a while. And by that, I, I want to ask about, you know, the live concert experience, right? Like the touring life, especially what's been happening in the world for the last two years. You know, you've toured with the likes of Iced Earth, you know, Black Label Society, I Hate God, and The Obsessed, just to name a few. But what is it about performing live, Chris, that you love the most or maybe even miss the most? Do you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Yeah, I do. Um, I love I love playing live. I just I love to share our music with fans together and I, I I love seeing fans get excited for for the next song that we play and um, believe it or not playing live is is it's pretty stressful on me mm. um, just singing and and playing guitar at the same time and solos and and things like that it's I mean I I I guess I should be used to it by now since I've been doing it for a long time um, but it's still almost it's almost like every time that I get on stage, it's a new experience. And you would think that doing something night after night after night, it would, it would get to be monotonous or um, maybe boring sometimes, but, mm. but it, but it's not, it's never boring. It's never like, let's just get through the set. It's never, I want to get this done. We, I mean, we enjoy every minute we're on stage. We, we love playing to the crowd and from what people have have told us, playing live is our strong suit. So we just we just love it, and we do miss it. It's um, we didn't get to tour at all for our second album, Valhalla. Mm -hmm. So it kind of got pushed to the side a little bit just because we couldn't promote it the way that it needed to be promoted. And I'm I'm hoping that that we get to promote Blood and Iron the way that it that it should be. Uh, I'll tell you this much. I feel like the set list is going to be a little tougher now, huh? When you get back on stage, you got two albums to put out there to the fans. And uh, I want to piggyback off what you just said. It's a good thing. I think that, that it's, it's not boring. It shouldn't be boring for you guys. You yeah. know, the, the fact that, you know, if you, if you had this thought of let's get through the set, I feel like you wouldn't be as dedicated to your craft as, as you are, you know, you want to be able to, the, the passion that you guys put on stage, the thing that makes Wolf Tooth Wolf Tooth is the, live presence that you guys put on stage and i know you guys just played that hometown show on november 6th at the e street pub in richmond i mean yeah. what was that like i mean just stepping on the stage again and being in front of your hometown fans like describe that for me <laughs> it was great um i mean we we usually always get a really good crowd there and i mean it holds about maybe 250 people 300 at the most and mm -hmm it's usually packed all the time. They don't turn anybody away. So if, <laughs> if they have to stand people outside to listen, that's what happens. But it was just really nice to see uh, a lot of our fans, hometown fans come out even after two years and still care about what we're doing. Yeah. And the fact that you even just said that it really shows that fans are eager to get out there and, you know, just get, back into the swing of things i don't know what it was like for you chris but before the pandemic i was at a show every week if not every yeah. other week you know and i remember the first show one of the first shows i went back to this year was that uh metal tour of the year with megadeth and lamb of god i remember dallas was the second day and we went out there and i didn't know what to do with myself just getting back into the swing of things again like i looked around it was a sold out show i was like man this is crazy like this in a, in a good way but it was just very overwhelming it just felt like 
you know, this is where you belong. You kind of feel that like, you know, on the inside when you're actually on stage, I'm sure you get the same way when you play yeah. that show. And uh, do you want to add something to that before we move on? Yeah, I think, I think people, if they don't feel this way, they should feel this way is that this could all be taken away from us really easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, and it was, I mean, and we're lucky to just now really be getting it back. Um, it, it's been a hard two years for musicians, for everybody in the music industry, uh, record labels, venues, promoters, everybody. It's been, mm. it's been really rough. And I hope that it, I hope that things open up even more than they already, than they are already. I don't, I don't know that they will. I hope they do. We're, we're ready to get back on the road. We're ready to play this new album and, and, and let some people hear Valhalla too, that never got to hear it live. And like I said, that show on the sixth was the first time we've got to play any of those songs from Valhalla live. And they went over really well. And we played the two singles from Blood and Iron and they, they went over super well. So we're just anxious to get back out and play in front of people and see excitement on people's faces. And, you know, hopefully we can start filling, filling some places and, and getting good crowds. And I think people should, should take advantage of shows that come their way when they, when they do. Yeah. And like you said, you know, I mean, I mean, this could, this has been taken away from us for the last two years, if, if you go, go far uh, back enough. And uh, I do want to, you know, get your take on this, Chris, because, you know, with this last two years, a popular, uh, like a very commonality on IUF here on Interview on Fire, it was that the live streaming, a lot of the bands that we would have on our show, they would describe their, uh, uh, you know, their perspective on the live streaming. You've seen it for the last two years. A lot of bands, what they would do on stage, they take it to the screen. Obviously, these interviews would be in person, right? But we've had artists like Devin Townsend and Atreyu, August Burns Red, Trivium come on our show, and they talked about their experiences on selling virtual tickets to the fans, and they would pre-record a show or live stream a show. But do you think what we all saw during that rise of the quarantine-induced live streaming, uh, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Has it already been affected? Do you still see bands doing this as a normality once we enter 2022 and beyond? I think the, only re I think the reason bands would still be doing it is for revenue. Hmm. Um, we never did a live stream, honestly, because we never we never really thought we would get that many viewers. <laughs> so, so, I mean, get ready. Cause they're coming <laughs> even more. Yeah, coming. <laughs> so, but we have talked about it and we, and we did want to do it. It's just, we're, we're all older, dumb guys. That's all good, <laughs> we, man. We, we may, we may be all, Hey man, I'm in my thirties now. You know, it's just like, you know, we're, we're not older. We're, we're refined, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. we've, we've been through the, we've been through the block and back and now it's or like, like a fine wine or there cheap. we go. There <laughs> you go. Now we, now we're, now we're connecting there, uh, but go ahead. Well, we're just, we're, none of us are super, super like computer savvy. It's, it's just not right. something we really grew up with. Um, Johnny, Johnny's pretty good with computers, but the rest of us, I use mine. <laughs> uh, it's like a chopping block, but, but it's, um, we would love to do that, but I think, I don't think bands will ever want to give up the live experience. It's just, yeah. once you, once you do it, it's something that's in you and there's no replacing it. Whether you're playing, if you're playing in front of a 
a camera or what. It's just there's no there's no replacing the experience of being in front of a live audience. Yeah. And I've had so many other uh, talented people like you come on the show and tell me, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It gives me a chance to engage with my fans. And some artists would say, I'm not doing shit until all this is over. We don't yeah. know if this is all going to be over. We COVID may be with us for the rest of our lives. Now it's just. I mean, hell, COVID's got as many strains as marijuana now. <laughs> I'm, so I'm using that as a bit. <laughs> it's real. I mean, really, it's. I don't know when it's going to end, if it ever will end. There may be mm-hmm. 400 strains in the next three years, but. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We have to live with it. There's nothing we can do about it besides just take care of ourselves and, yep. and do the right things. And hopefully, hopefully one day it'll go away. I don't know if it will or not. I mean, having said that, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, play the music that yeah. you love. And, and, uh, uh, something I want to add is, yeah, it's really cool to mosh in your own room, right. With the live stream, yeah. but how much more can you do that? I feel like there's that barrier you hit. It's like, okay, we did the live streaming now what? And Another topic, like kind of uh, off what you were saying about how the live streaming can impact going forward is also mental health. I have friends, personal friends of mine who don't go to these metal shows because of the anxiety of being in large crowds and and so on and so on and so forth. But they would text me after like a live stream like, hey, Sonny, did you see that, you know, behemoth live stream, for example, like they've never seen Mm -hmm. behemoth live before. And the fact that they did the live streaming last year, Metallica did one last year as well. You know, uh, friends of mine who have the that deal with the mental health about going to a live show, they benefited off of that. But, you know, yeah. this is what I'm saying. There's like different things to that. Yeah, really there, there's people. definitely there's definitely pros to it. There's definitely pros to it and cons. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Wolf Tooth, if you watch Wolf Tooth live stream, it's it's not going to be the same as seeing us play live. Oh, of course not. Um, we love this music because of the live live experience like metal heavy yeah. metal is a, is a different animal when it comes to every other genre hopefully yeah, I'm speaking for all metalheads here <laughs> not saying it wouldn't be good it just it just wouldn't be the same and of course i've watched some live streams and i thought some of them were super good and then some of them i you couldn't hear very well i mean so <laughs> right. a lot of it a lot of it goes into um the preparation i think yeah uh it's it's a i feel like it's a it also gave the stage lighting that crew kind of something to you know like hey we now know what to do once we live live shows return that's another thing to look into you know and even third right. world countries who may not have access to seeing someone like wolf tooth live where they could just uh uh you know connect on instagram or facebook but yeah this is, i feel you know this is a tender subject because i feel like we could talk about this for a long time as far as live oh, streaming yeah. now uh chris we talked about everything let's get to blood and iron man the third album okay. drops this friday on napalm records uh, Napalm Records, it's exactly one year since the signing, if I remember correctly. And this makes you label mates alongside bands like Ginger and Nile, Moonspell, D. Snyder. I mean, Warbringer. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it like signing with such a renowned label like Napalm to help kick off this newest chapter of the band? Um, it's it's kind of surreal, honestly. It's I don't think it's a, actually it's like you said, it's been like a year and it, I don't think it's really even hit me yet, honestly, that because <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because none of the albums that we've done so far, we have shopped. We haven't shopped any of them. Um, mm. Two weeks after Valhalla dropped, uh, Napalm emailed us and asked us if we had any fur- further um, obligations to the record label we were on. And we told him no. So 
we started talking at that point, but it's just odd that they, that they contacted us. We didn't have to shop the shop, any album or EP or not surprised. <laughs> well, I was, I, I thought somebody was playing a joke on us. I wasn't even, I was like, let's, let's not even respond to this dude. He's somebody's messing with us. So, but Chris, you like me, like I, I get really humble when it comes to that stuff. I know I'm telling you this because I'm, I'm more, ex- I'm really excited about this record and it's really cool how humble, humble you are. I don't mean to cut you off there, but the fact that, that just you're showing appreciation for something like this. It's oh, really yeah. cool to celebrate those small victories along the way as we, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here without the music that you and a lot of the other bands have put out in your career. You know, that's that's another yeah. thing to point out. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is a big because we've had the privilege to interview bands like Ginger and Nile and Moonspell on IUF. And now here you are. You're in that same line of bands, you know, kind of yeah, yourself almost. It's very it's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, and a lot of the other bands that I've ever been in, we've always tried to, I mean, we, we grew up without the internet really. So we, you know, if, if you sent out a, a, a package to an A&R guy, hmm. most likely it got thrown in the trash. <laughs> so, you know, that's the, that's the kind of time that we grew up in, but now it's, your music is so accessible to everyone that it seems like it's a lot easier to, to not to necessarily to get signed, but, you know, sometimes I, I, I just have to sit back and I'm like, of the thousands and thousands of bands out there, they emailed us. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird to me. It's, it really is. I mean, I love it. It's great. And honestly, I, I mentioned Napalm at one time to the guys about shopping after we got Valhalla done. I'm like, you know, Hey, we ought to, I mean, this was like right after we, released it hey our next ep or whatever we do we should we should chop it to napalm they might maybe they would be interested and two weeks later it's like whoa yeah and one one year later and here you are and uh, a new album's coming out in two days you know i want to repeat the words here chris you know third album right because before we get into the core of blood and iron because this is the follow-up to 2020's valhalla like you just briefly described it, it's a pretty quick turnaround you know I, I gotta ask if it weren't for the pandemic would you say we'd still see a new album at this time? Probably not. Hmm. We we probably would have been touring more for Valhalla and um, writing less for this new album. But the pandemic did let did let us have a lot more time in the in the rehearsal room. Right. And originally, this album was supposed to come out in April, next April. But we talked to the record label, and we all agreed that with so many of the bigger bands dropping albums around that same time, we didn't want to get lost in the shuffle. Right. And December's not the best time to to release an album. You know, it misses a lot of the the year-end polls and things like that. But we thought it would be better than getting trampled over by a lot of the bigger of bigger bands that are going to be releasing around that time. But when you have someone like Napalm, I feel like that really ups the ante. And uh, you're talking about kicking things off with a new year, 2022, which I can't believe that's just 30 days away. But yeah. it, it, you have something like this to actually ride off into the sunset and then to kick off 2022 with a tour. You got two albums in your arsenal now, man. Now And then right. the, it's really exciting stuff to look forward to. I Also, another thing, because you have Valhalla, you have your debut was there any such thing as pressure 
for you and the guys when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album or even just a follow-up you know because you got through the debut album you got through that sophomore slump that people so often say you know was you know did you feel any pressure was like hey we got our two albums out now we can do whatever the fuck we want no it wasn't so much like that it was a little it was a little bit of pressure yeah Hmm. um it wasn't so much pressure writing the songs it was more pressure in the studio of getting them to sound to sound how we wanted them to sound um the production we've heard some people say the production of the album they don't like we kind of did that on purpose because you know these songs have a have a um a vintage to them i think they have a certain uh sound of time you don't we didn't want a super super polished recording talking about songs that were that are uh basically the lyrics are all based around um myth and fantasy Hmm. if you see what I'm saying? We, yeah. we didn't really want a super polished uh, mix because we didn't feel like it would fit the songs as well as leaving the drums a little bit in the background a little bit. And um, I don't know, some people are, are turned off by the, by the mix, but could it, could it have been different? Yeah. Yeah. It could have been different. It could have been maybe better. Or it could have been maybe worse. I don't know. Well, but we're happy with the way that it turned out. But yeah, I, I would I, say in the studio was the most was the most uh, pressure. And uh, I'm going to talk about the sound here a little bit because that was actually a big part of the record that I really liked. Now, I want you to hear me out here because from songs like Ahab to A King's Land, which is my personal favorite on the record, to The Voyage, to The Mare, I mean, my personal opinion, this is quite the offering because you guys have these elements of these doomy and, and stoner sounds of the classic elements that make up heavy metal from the early days. You talked about the vintage sound, right? Yet yeah. it was a modernized version of everything that you are. It, it was uh, song after song after song, chugging riffs, the soaring vocals, these booming bass lines and the compelling melodies. It was really another impressive addition to your catalog. I felt like I was going into battle alongside Beowulf of all people. There wasn't a song in, on here that didn't make me want to not bob my head and find a fucking sword in the middle of my room right you know yeah. it, it, it reminded me of bands like the sword and reminded me of bands like black sabbath uh grand magus and to me that was a good formula you know walk me through this how much did things change from when you first started composing on you know this new album to where you ended up finishing it did a lot change in between did nothing change was there already a specific sound you guys had in mind for blood and iron um yeah we already had a specific type of sound we wanted we wanted to add a little bit more of the traditional heavy metal style that we grew up with um it wasn't so much conscious that we did it it was just it's just that what that's what fit Hmm. to us um you know we we deal with elements of of thrash and new wave of british heavy metal we um stoner doom we try to put I wouldn't say we we try to put things in there, but it just it just comes out that way. Um, if, if they if the riffs sound good together, we're gonna we're gonna put them together, no matter whether it's a straight rock rock and roll riff with a with a speed metal riff, whatever it is. If it sounds good together, we're gonna we're gonna use it. 
Um, so not a lot changed on the um, the music. I don't think we we had a pretty good idea of what we wanted when we went into the studio. Um, the vocals are always the last thing to come on all of our albums. So people, some people think that's kind of weird, but not at the all. Guy, the guy, yeah, the other guys in the band have no clue what the vocals are going to sound like until we get into the studio. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. That I didn't I didn't even know about that because uh, again, we mentioned how how the sound the things that I talked about and the things that you talked about, how you wanted to bring that vintage sound, not the over polished that a lot of the bands are doing nowadays, which is fine. They're going to do what they're going to do. But I felt like you guys really kind of almost paid homage to bands like Black Sabbath and, and Grand Magus and you know, all the other bands that came before you, you know, that, I think that's a really yeah. cool thing. And again, I mentioned that the modernized version of everything that you guys are, Here's the thing. We need a modernized version of heavy metal, man. It, you know, it's like the heavy metal of like the seventies and eighties. I feel like that kind of gets lost in the ether of so many bands coming up to the forefront nowadays. And you guys are, there's a reason why Napalm signed you guys. And I applaud Napalm from doing that because you guys are doing something that, you know, a lot of bands aren't really doing. They're just kind of just, it's a copycat thing. It's a copycat genre. You know, people try to take off one of the other, but you guys really, putting your own sounds like, Hey, this is who we are. And uh, this is what we sound like. And I mentioned how the sound was a big part of this record. I loved it. Was, this was recorded, mixed and mastered by producer uh, Jeremy Lovins. Uh, talk yeah. about him. You know, I wonder how easy or difficult it is finding the right person to bring out the sound you want in your music. I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you. Right, Chris? Yeah, definitely. Jeremy's, He's great. Um, he's like the fifth member of the band, really. I mean, he he um, he's a great musician. He's a great guitar player. He played with Johnny in previous band, the one that he was in for 13 years. Hmm. So him and Johnny already have a lot of history together. And he's he is um, engineered and mastered all three of our albums. Now, I will say that Tony Reed from Moss Generator, um, he did actually master the vinyl version of all three of the albums. But Jeremy did the digital and, and the CD version. But yeah, he just makes it so comfortable. And it's just, it's kind of like being at home, really. Uh, yeah. He, he welcomes you. You just go in there and do do whatever you want to do. I mean, when we get in there, it's all work. But but it's it's comfortable. It's fun, and we enjoy it. And I'm ready. I'm honestly ready to start recording the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, see, I like I said, exciting things to look forward to. And shout out to those guys for helping you guys bring out the sound that you wanted. You know, between writing and and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, even the album art. You know, you have that warrior on on the wolf. I remember uh, seeing that album cover. It was very striking. You know, keep all this in mind as I'm asking you this, Chris, because the lyricism throughout blood and iron you know the origins of that center around you know uh, mythology uh love mm-hmm. and, and legend with a focus on like sorcery uh, battles and adventures you have a song yeah. like the voyage right which is about uh marco polo's voyage on the silk road but there's just so much more to it than that because the music video i remember right. it shows the young kids at the beginning yeah. of their voyage you know it kind right. of represents you and then yep. you have a song like broken sword which is about uh, which I love this, the, the young boy that escapes his village that's being burnt to the ground. Then he returns later to take revenge when he's older and, and wiser. I began to think about the tangibles of, of a theme 
to this album? Like how important are themes to you, Chris? Is that, is that a big component of songwriting for you guys? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I try to, a lot of the stuff that I write about is either things that I, that I've already known or read about or heard about. Um, and, um, yeah, there, I mean, it's, it's very important. It, it, the vocals is what brings the music together because before we get in the studio, it's just, it's just music with, you know, choruses, set choruses, set verses, bridges. But when the vocals, um, it just, it totally widens the whole spectrum of the song. So, yeah, but the theme, the themes are very important. And um, I, I did an interview the other day and they, and the, the interviewer said it, it almost, even though they're not the, 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 the songs and the, the lyrical content isn't correlated to each other. It's almost like you're reading a book and you're going from one chapter to the next. And it's mm. just a different story from one chapter to the next. And it, and it kind of does read like that. Would you happen to say that you see blood and iron as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? I don't know. I just, I, mm. I just like mythology. I like, um, I like warrior tales. And if I'm going to watch a movie, it's usually going to be about something um, medieval and medieval, medieval times. And um I just enjoy that. I, you know, my, my ancestry is Irish, of course, and Nordic. I mean, we have a lot of Viking blood and um, my mom's side of the family has a pretty, pretty good story behind it. And so, yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've just always been interested in, in, in things like that. Almost like a, a, I guess I should just reword it to a snapshot of of you, really, because you're talking about the things that really influence you. It really goes back to your ancestry, and now you're translating into this music that you're creating throughout your career. That's the way I would see it. I don't know if you feel the same yeah. way. It's like a snapshot of who you are. You know, it's like, hey, this is who I am. You know, it I'll- is. It's 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 kind of my way of putting in my personality into our songs without getting in uh, too far into depth into my own personal personal life yeah has the excitement kicked in now you got two days until the album drops <laughs> yeah it's yeah I'm, I'm excited i'm excited yeah yeah you gotta i'll make sure to remind you that this is a, this is a really important time for you guys it's an exciting time you know chris we've covered a, a a good amount of ground on this awesome interview man thank you so much for just sharing everything about who you are i can't wait to no see problem. you guys live man i mean i look forward to the day seeing you in person here in dallas hopefully we can do another one of these interviews with you and the boys in person, yeah, that'd be great. you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we've discussed about and performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with during these three records, you know, the signing with Napalm, this pandemic, touring, the fans, your relationship with your bandmates, you know, it still sounds like you still have much left to put out there with Wolf Toots artistic vision and yours. This is definitely something you guys have a passion for, and I can't wait to see where you all go from here. You know, I want to round it out to this question here. Have your aspirations as a musician or hell, as a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Yeah, I see. I see things much differently. I, when I was younger, I mean, I just, in my early, late teens, early twenties, all I wanted to do was, was tour the world, be on a tour bus, be a rock star and 
at the only, at that time, that was the only thing that mattered to me. And, and a lot of, I will say a lot of my personal, um, relationships suffered for that. Mm. Um, but now I'm just doing something that I love to do. It's not, it's not so much that I, we weren't looking for any accolades, accolades from this at all. We were, it's like I said, when, when I tell you that I was caught out of nowhere by napalm and even these other the other two record labels that signed us we were especially for me i don't i don't know about the other guys but i was dumbfounded (laughs) wasn't looking for any kind of accolades wasn't looking for any kind of feedback we just really wanted to put something out that we could listen to and that local people could maybe come and see us play every once in a while and it just turned into something that none of us really none of us thought that it was gonna i mean i love how you're struggling to search for words that's that shows that you care about this that's that's amazing it's it's amazing it's um it's been a long time coming yeah yeah and uh again i can't wait for everyone to hear this album it's uh it's gonna be you guys have a lot of material out there to put out into the world of of you know, just live music in general. And uh, I, again, Wolf Tooth, I mean, the live presence that you guys put on stage, I'm counting on the days. Now, uh, I can't help but ask this question. If you weren't a musician, Chris, what would you be doing right now? Well, I'm not a full-time musician. I wish I was, but I honestly, I own my own, I own my own motorcycle seat company. That's awesome. What's um, it called? It's called Solly's Customs. Plug and, that in, bro. <laughs> yeah. Solly's customs. Um, but I've been doing it for about 11 years. And, um, before that I built choppers and, and bobbers and the market just dropped out of the bottom of that. So I started doing mm. uh, motorcycle seats and I've been doing that for about 11 years and business is, is really good. And I'm, I'm very blessed, very, very blessed. And that's, and that's really great to hear that you, that the other parts of your life that serve as a creative that you can put into the music that you do. Don't stop doing that, by the way. I, it's great to see that people like you are still doing what you love to do and not having that feel any obligation. So uh, yeah, keep that going, man. Now, uh, I mentioned that surprise at the end, right? Here we are at the end of the interview, unfortunately, but uh, we'll do this again on another day. But before I let you go, Chris, I'm going to do something fun here. We've been serious, right? This entire interview. Let's get, let's, let's relax here a little bit. All right. Okay. I'm going to do something fun here called the lightning round. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. I'm going to ask you a question. You just pick one or the other. Okay. You okay. got this. <laughs> you fix your hat. You got to take a sip or whatever you're drinking yeah. if you have any. <laughs> so I'm going to go down the list. Some of them are, are simple questions. Some of them are just downright ridiculous, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. All right. Okay. Here we go. What's the capital of Indiana? Oh, man. <laughs> Indianapolis. <laughs> that, was right? just a, that was just a test question. Yeah, you're good. Is that right? Yeah, it's, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Red or blue? Red. Vegan or meat? Meat. Coffee or tea? Tea. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Who's your favorite character? Oh. I don't know. I don't remember all their names. I don't 
I really don't know. The dragon. <laughs> Somebody said the dragon. Yeah, the dragons were cool. I'm like, that's the fine. That, cool. that counts as an answer. I think right. the blonde, the blonde haired girl. Oh, uh, uh, Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, been so long cool. since I've seen that show. Uh, yeah, it's been Mex- a while for me too. Uh, Mexican food or Italian food? Right now, Italian. All right. And I may change. I'll ask you that again next time. All right. Now you're from Indiana. So I got to ask because I'm a sports nut. What do you see? Uh, uh, people are fans uh, as far as fans. Like who has the most Indiana Pacers or the Indianapolis Colts? Or who do you pick? Well, the Colts probably has more fans because their stadium holds 50,000 more people than yeah. the Pacers. But the Pacers have a lot of fans. I mean, they're 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 good. But the Colts probably have more. You know, I wonder about basketball. If it is like the Pacers or like, of course, the Indiana Hoosiers, because that's like it's the, the Hoosiers. Yeah, it's the Hoosiers. I should have asked that. It's the Hoosiers. But that would have been an easy, easy response. But I'm a, yeah, I'm a Giants I mean, every, fan. I don't know if this counts, but <laughs> you're a Giants fan. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan. New York Giants. So that's a long story. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a Washington Redskins fan. So, oh, hey, we got a We got a battle. You guys actually won a crazy game the other night. I remember I was watching at my buddy's place. But <laughs> yeah, I've I really been forever. I do want to give a shout out to Taylor Heineke. I think you guys got a quarterback in that guy. But yeah, um, yeah, he's. Pretty good. <laughs> we'll save the sports convos for next time as well. We got a lot. To, I feel like we could talk for another two hours. We need our we need our oh, own yeah. show, Chris. All right. Yeah, we do. Country or hip hop? Country. <laughs> Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. All right. Hey, Halloween too. All right. New York or Los Angeles? I've never been to either one of them, but I would probably say los angeles all right i just went to la last month well october but both cities are great all right valhalla or blood and iron (laughs) blood and iron now this is a debate here in texas because i have to ask this it's a fun question how would you say it is it pecan pie or pecan pie pecan all right some people say pecan man it's actually a debate here in texas i I say pecan the same way as you do i've heard that people in the north East, like New York, uh, New Jersey, Boston, they say pecan. That's yeah. what I've learned. So I didn't even know that was a thing. But Boston and, and New York, sometimes Boston and New York is like a whole a whole other language. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, especially if you were talking about like Boston, you know, talk yeah, about that. Real, that, real Boston that I love the accent there. And then <laughs> Texas, I don't know if they're even like a Texas. You can talk about like bass and, you know, have that little twang when you talk. That's just me yeah. as a Texan. So it's just in us. All right. Moving on. These questions get r- ridiculous. If Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? I guess. <laughs> no, you're Harry Potter characters. Yeah. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. All right. I've had people who said, well, I can talk to my cat. So I guess I would speak every language in the world. I'm like, well, you got me there. All right. Now, this is a fun one. Uh, this next one. I love asking this question. There's a time machine in front of you, Chris. It says the destination is Woodstock 99. Do you take the trip knowing what transpires there? Mm, probably not. Mm, yeah i'm sure i don't know if you've seen that hbo documentary on uh, i haven't seen it. it it came out this summer well it showed it it was talking about all the riots and the and the fires yeah. and all the there were uh, sexual assaults that took place and within the crowd like crazy stuff and they were trying to the show i think was about not blaming it on fred durst and limp biscuit <laughs> but yeah 
I mean, the timing of all this, you know, like if you're going to put Limp Biscuit and they sing the song Break Stuff in front of all these angsty teens, where are you going to get people? Right. Break stuff, right. But right. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the trip. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. Maybe if I was a VIP. I don't know. Now, if it was the first Woodstock, I would go. Oh, back in 69? Uh, yeah. They're talking about doing another Woodstock. They were supposed to do a Woodstock. Supposedly, they were supposed to be a Woodstock in 2020. That's what I heard, or 2019. But because of all the events that, I guess, resurfaced from Woodstock 99, they said, nope, we're not going to yeah. do that. And they're still trying to push it. But anyway, yeah. I, I feel like your response is perfect. But uh, Chris... That's it for the lightning round, man. You did great. Uh, this uh, has been an honor, man. Thank you so much for everything. Do you have any last words, just any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Wolf Tooth or your company or the new album before you finish things off here? Maybe a new music video coming out soon. What you can, I cannot say. I'm not sure. We don't have a music video coming up, <laughs> but I just want to thank everybody for all their past support and future support. Um, hopefully you'll go out and buy Blood and Iron on December 3rd through napalmrecords.com. I will tell you that we are working on some kind of small U.S. tour. Yes. The beginning of 2022. And we are announcing on December 9th, we're going to be announcing a European tour for 2022. And that's really all I can say. I can't say who it's with or anything like that, but but it's a pretty long tour and and we're excited about it. Stuff to get excited about, man. It's it's a great way to kick off the new year. And Chris, again, thanks again for everything. Um, you know, have a great rest of the year. Have a have a great Christmas, uh, new year, and hopefully we'll see each other down the road. Everyone who's listening, this is Chris Sullivan from Wolf Tooth. Blood and Iron drops December 3rd, this Friday on Napalm Records. Do us a favor. I mean, stream the album, but also buy the album because the bands can't do it without your help. It's it's a it's a big it's a big help for all the bands that have been technically stuck at home for the last <laughs> two years. And I feel like an album purchase really goes a long way. I'm very old school, Chris. We're talking about, you know, getting older. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room, man. I mean, you know, I still buy the hard copies. I'm always a big fan of that. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't uh, remember. I saw something the other day that said how many streams equals one album sales. And it was crazy. Yeah, like how It is like high. Over- 2000 like 2000 or something streams maybe even more but 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 even that i feel like that doesn't even do it justice you know buying the album and here's the thing about buying the album someone spent a lot of time on their artwork too you know like getting the artwork in your hands i'm a huge fan of that stuff so um we're super happy with our with the artwork on this i love the artwork i feel like that's a big component of of wolf toots music and uh again don't mean it's not like a broken record, pun intended, but buy the album. <laughs> uh, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there, everyone, on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, which platform you prefer. You can uh, check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Chris, thanks again from the bottom of my heart, man. Uh, stay safe out there, man, and uh, I'll see you next time. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. All right. Take care, buddy.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.